Hi, I'm Susan Peterson, and you are listening to Started From The Bottom, an entrepreneur-focused podcast on getting started. Here you will find all the mindset tools and resources you need to just get started. I am so excited for this episode. It's my birthday tomorrow, and for the past decade, I've had the privilege of celebrating my birthday with one of my besties, Nan Hunter. She is exactly 40 years older than me, and when we met, we became instant best friends. She is one of the funniest and sincerest people that I know. She does not take herself too seriously, but she seriously loves her people. I asked her to come on and share three life lessons that she's learned in her 84 years. Her lessons come from a deeply spiritual place rooted in her faith. In my lifetime, I've met a lot of different people from a lot of different religions and spiritualities that I have loved gaining a sacred respect for their practices and for them. She may not be from the religion you practice, but I know that you will have a sacred respect for her stories that she shares. Here's Nan. Hunter, thank you for coming to my podcast. Susan, I'm just so happy to be here with you, my my birthday girl. My bestie, my birthday bestie. Okay, so Nan Green Hunter always wanted to be an author or an actress, but for reasons unknown to her, she graduated from BYU in zoology. <laughs> I know it's really pretty funny. If that sentence doesn't describe you, I don't know what does. Nan is the mother of eight children, the founder of a child center private school in San Jose. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Where she was, she has inspired parents, teachers, and children since 1982. She lives in the quiet woods of Wallsburg, Utah, where for 21 years she shared her love of drama and life with her 36 clever and boisterous grandchildren at a grandma camp. They perform and play. Nan's posterity number 72 and growing. They are her love and her legacy. This winter she will join with members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to serve a full-time mission, and we bid her adieu and Godspeed. Nan, um, so I'm so excited because this is going to launch the day before our birthdays. Our birthdays, I know. <laughs> Every year we have a party together. It's yes, so much we fun. celebrate together. We Nan do. is exactly 40 years older than me, and I've told her for a long time, my biggest regret is I didn't meet you in my 20s. And that's my next biggest regret, regret too. <laughs> yeah, is that we didn't meet each other when we were, when I was younger. Yeah, because yeah. I just, we met, we met at church. Yeah. And I felt like I had met my soulmate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Susan, I, there, she's just incredible. That's all. Oh, you're <laughs> incredible. So I asked Nan to come on for our birthday episode. So we actually, my birthday is the 26th of November. Yours is the 27th of November. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you're born within 24 hours of each other. It's the same birthday. Same birthday. Yes, exactly. So I asked her to come on and we are just going to talk about um, lessons that you've learned in life because you are one of the wisest women that I know. And I always love to talk to you and work out problems with you, talk about my kids, talk about my business. You always have such good advice and I've cherished and loved it in the time that I've known you. And so I've asked Nan to come on and share three life lessons that she's learned in 84 years. Thank you, Susan. That's high praise for a girl that's done what she's done (laughs) in her, in her, Short 44 years. I Well, but you're <laughs> feisty, bullheaded, 
<laughs> I, call, I call it determined. Determined. <laughs> That's a much nicer word. Your feisty, determined <laughs> approach to life has, uh, it has inspired me a lot. Well, as have you, Susan. You're just, yeah. But thank you so much. Okay, so the life lessons. Yeah, um, let's start with number one. Number one, um, I should tell them that my birth, that my birthday this year, since you're 44, that makes me 84. 84. So I've been around the block one or two times. But <laughs> that doesn't, I don't know if that means anymore what it used to mean. <laughs> I know I'm not always up with the current lingo. <laughs> but just keep going. Okay. We're going to love it. So my, in my introduction where it says I majored in zoology by some unknown reason. Well, I'll tell you the reason was I was trying to impress a boy. His name was Richard Hunter. Oh, and, and he was out. so brilliant. Well, he, he married me, but... Yeah. You but tricked under, him. under false pretense. <laughs> Look, <laughs> every successful marriage starts under false pretense. <laughs> but he loved me even before that. I mean, he. <laughs> How many times did he ask you to marry him? Oh, he, well, on our second date was the first time, and then every three or four months until I finally, five and a half years later, said yes. <laughs> Well, Let that be a lesson in playing hard to get. I, well, no, I just, when he asked me, I, my answer was, I was so shocked. I was 17. It was our second date, and he's trying to hold hands with me, and I'm just about thinking, what is this boy doing? And then he says, Nan, will you marry me? And I thought, you are crazy. I couldn't even think, and so I said, well, yeah, if, if I love you and if you're the most wonderful man in the world. And five and a half years later, I decided he was. And I said <laughs> yes, and we got married 18 days later. <laughs> oh, oh, but you'd been dating for so well, long. Well, and he'd been on a mission and you know, for the Church lived, of Jesus Christ. He lived and, some years, yeah. And we'd been a, it had been a, a long courtship. Okay. Anyway, and so after we got married, Richard's a very genius man. He's very left-brained. I'm very right-brained, but I really went, I was a very poor zoologist. And my, <laughs> I can't even describe how bad my grades were. It's humiliating. For years after I graduated, I just had nightmares that I was, that I'd done such a stupid thing. But anyway, I um, was reading the Book of Mormon in my junior year. I was the um, senior resident at Budge Hall. I was so for my, anyone that doesn't know, the Book of oh, Mormon yeah. is a Another testament of Jesus, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, yes, uh -huh. that we use in our church. In our church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's right. And it's a divine and inspired book. And I'm struggling. This is my junior year. And, and at those days, you know, kids nowadays will say, well, I'll just start another major. But my mom was working in a drugstore. And my dad sent me $5 a month. And I was working to get me through college. And I'm not about to say, well, I think I'll start over. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do that. So I just buckled down and you learned know, about penguins. Learned about penguins <laughs> and, and nematodes and platyhelminthes <laughs> and arachnids, all of which I didn't like. Anyway, do so, you even like animals, Nan? I'm not. No. <laughs> Because every time you come to my house, you don't want the dog near you. <laughs> oh, this, I don't know if I can. It's a tragedy <laughs> or a comedy. I don't know one or the other. Anyway, it's, so I'm reading. You know what I've learned Mormon. from you, though? <laughs> it's either a good time or a good story. Yeah, that's right. There are no bad, there are no bad times. Yeah, exactly. I just don't make it bad. It's either a good time or a good story. Yeah. Yes. So I'm reading the Book of Mormon. And I come to this scripture, the Book of Mormon. And, and this is what it says. Um, 
It says, oh, wait, I have to find it. Hold everybody. Okay, here it goes. And I exhort you, my brethren, that you deny not the gifts of God, for they are many, and they come from the same God, and there are different ways that these gifts are administered. But it is the same God who worketh all in all, and they are given by the manifestations of the Spirit of God unto men to profit them. For behold, to one is given by the Spirit of God that he may teach the Word of God. And then it goes on, and it, 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 it outlines a number of different gifts. And he says, But unto every man is given a gift by God. And at that moment, I knew that I was not stupid. <laughs> I knew that I was just in the wrong place. Well, I'd known it for a long time, but I thought, you know, if you're determined, you can do anything, but I could not do genetics in biology. <laughs> was that was a moment you knew I you knew. were not stupid. <laughs> but when I read that unto every man was given a gift, I thought, that's me. I am gifted. I had just written the, the song for the Songfest finale, yes. BYU for all the social yes. units. And You're just conducted it in the wrong spot. I had written a, a, a big, huge program for a halftime at BYU and produced it. I'd, I'd, I wrote the fourth grade play when I was in fourth grade. Right. And we put it on. Everybody had got to write a play, and I wrote the one that got chosen to be produced. And here I am in zoology. Right. I should have been in theater and writing. Okay, so I think there's two lessons in there, actually. Number one, don't do a major for a boy. <laughs> <laughs> because he's going to want to marry you anyway. Anyway. Right. Anyway. <laughs> Number two, you're not stupid. Mm -hmm. You're maybe just in the wrong thing. Well, this is what it taught me, Susan. And it was particularly helpful in our children because we have eight children and they're like Flopsy, Mopsy, and Cottontail. They have a left brain father and a right brain mother, and they're just they're just put in a, a bread mixer and go, you know, and suddenly out they pop. And they're all just so different. But the one thing about all of our children is that they're, well, almost all of them. There's one maybe that's not really creative, but but they're, everyone's creative, no matter the left or right brain. Left Richard was a very left brain creative, very creative thinker. And my children are creative, and I am creative, and I should have done something that would have fostered my creativity, but I just fostered it on my own. But what happened, this was the basis of when I started my school. Mm. Because I had children in school that they actually thought were dumb, and I knew that there were no dumb people. And if I asked you, you have two children, darling children, and if you ask anybody who has 10 children, Tell me which one of your children is gifted. What would you say? Who's Bo gifted? Both of them in different ways. Absolutely. Every parent that I've ever met in my life would say, well, my, my children are all gifted. And my children are all gifted too. But the school system saw a piece of pie that looked like reading and math. And the whole rest of that pie, did they think were dummies? And that's how they treated them, I think. Mm -hmm. They don't give them art or music or drama or great science, they give them paper plates and triangles to stick on, make a pumpkin. They don't learn the things that are innate to a child. They don't foster the gifts in children. Therefore, the gifts do not 
blossom the way that they do at a school where our motto is a gifted child, a gifted education for every child because every child is gifted. And that comes from the words of God mm. that everyone is given a gift. And I know that. And that, that, was, that has been my lifelong lesson, one of the greatest things that ever happened to me in our school we foster, we, we develop the gifts in children. Every coach, every teacher, everybody that's dealing with children should look for the good in them and pull it out and then find a way for them to, to master it and to enjoy it and to grow in it mm-hmm. instead of not providing it. And instead of going into zoology. Instead of going to zoology. <laughs> My second life lesson that I learned when I was having my sixth child and it's something that I have kept as a motto, is that hard is not bad. Hard is just hard. Oh, I love that. But there are different levels of hard, too. But we had five, we had six children in eight years, and um, it was a very busy time. Richard was a very busy bishop of a fast-growing ward, and And he's an attorney. And he's an attorney, and he's starting his own practice. Yes. And he's teaching seminary. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm 31, and I've got all these children. You and were 31 when you had your sixth? Well, I, yes. Wow. And, and then I just had this baby and, and had these six children in eight years. And Kathleen was eight, and this baby was born with a hole in his heart. Mm. And it was a trial that I thought I'd never, my faith is perfect. But it hurt my feelings that Father in Heaven let me have a baby that had a hole in his heart. I'd never prevented. I thought, you want me to have babies? I'll have them. <laughs> Bring yeah. them on. Yeah. And I wept and I cried and I moaned and groaned. And um, I, I, I drew closer to the Savior, I think, at that time than I ever had been up to that time. And I learned so many lessons from this hard, hard ordeal which turned out fine in the end, but it was years of trial. But I, I learned to know that I can pray always, that I know that the Savior understands the problems we have. He who had a son that gave his life for me, why am I weeping? And the scriptures really saved my life, but I really learned that you could have hard things and still be happy and, and learn lessons and get closer relationships, and my appreciation for a child just just bloomed. Every child, I thought, these are precious people, the people on the streets that don't have parents. You will see someone in rags and tatters with a, a shopping cart, and you think, oh, dear, they had a mother. Are they all right? Because they're one of our Father in Heaven's children, and I realized that every one of them were. And the scripture that I read that saved my life, though, when I realized that hard was not bad, was when Enoch, the prophet, was bellyaching about getting called to be a prophet. A lot of prophets did. They never thought they could do it. I'm too, too slow. I'm not smart enough. Enoch was, you know, he said, I can't do this. And God said to him, Enoch, you can move mountains. You can do whatever you want. And then he said, Enoch, walk with me. Now, that's the answer to all this. It took me about five months to get to that answer. But then... 
as I processed it all, I figured out that it was not, this was hard, but it wasn't bad. The things that I learned were amazing. And it's been a lifelong lesson, one that I've really rejoiced in. Whenever something is hard, I think, it is hard, but it's not bad. We can do this. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. That was Uh, probably number two. I like number two. Yeah. And then your third life lesson. Well, (laughs) you know, Richard, he was a patient man. (laughs) (laughs) To say the least. To say the least. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm hyperactive for one thing. I have ADD. I'm just jumping around. I've got all these kids putting on plays, starting a school, doing all these things. Uh And I am determined that I know everything. I don't know why I was thinking... I was such a smarty pants well, all the time. Well, probably because you majored in zoology. Probably it was. Yeah, I made such it. a good decision in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> because I figured out that I wasn't stupid. Yeah, you're not stupid. And that I was always right. Mm-hmm. Always right. I feel like Richard would say that if he was here right now, that he would say you were always right. No, but do you know what he'd say? What? <laughs> this is what he taught me. And this is a truly great lesson for a girl like me. Because too often we don't listen and get the picture from another person. And Richard said a few things to me, and he was never a man to, he never said a crossword or anything horrible. He was the nicest man that ever lived. But he said, Nan, when we are mature, we don't have to be right. (laughs) Richard. Richard. He was so You don't have to win. You don't have to be right. And I thought, you know, He's, he is right, because there were times when I just <laughs> determined, deter, Richard was stubborn, but I was so determined, you know, whatever I did, don't get in my way. Mm-hmm. Like when I started this school, people said, oh, Nan, you'll never do it. You've got too many kids, you're too unorganized. So that's not stubborn? No, that's not stubborn. <laughs> that's determined. <laughs> that is determined. That's like you, Susie. You're not stubborn. You are determined. Yeah. You had done the exact same thing. Yeah. You have, with determination and courage and faith, and just get out of my way, I can do this, I, and I will do it. Yeah. And, and, but sometimes, you know, you do it over the heads of everybody, and that's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm so determined with my family and everything that we're doing that I have to stop and say, well, let me hear your side of it. Let me hear your opinion. How are you feeling about this? Until you have to make the big decision, no, I am right. Because when you're mature, you don't have to be right. And I've learned how to do that and get along with not being right. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. Okay, you ready for my three? Mm-hmm. These are my three life lessons. Hey, can I tell you one thing, too, though, that yes. Steve Hayden taught me? That's just, you know, Steve. Do you I? You know Steve? He's my he's Anne's husband. Oh, yes, I know Steve. You I know, know Steve. Steve. He's adorable. But anyway, mm-hmm. the three things that he taught me that sort of ties us all up is that in our lives, we need to have three things. Work, worship, and play. Mm. Just as a balance schedule. That's not something I've learned, but that's something that somebody has done, and I think it's just a great idea. That I think your your audience ought to know that. I that's think it. so too, Nan. Okay. okay, I can't wait to hear your three things. I'll get out my notepad. <clears throat> take, take. Okay, so <laughs> one of them um, is... You don't have to go through everything to gain the wisdom. You can learn it from other people. And I feel like that's where we're, why we're good friends. And you know, mm-hmm. all, a lot of my friends are older than me, quite older than me. And 
I am a statistics girl and I want to know. So right now Hattie's getting ready to go to college. So I'm asking all my friends who've sent someone to college, what am I going to feel like? How is it? How do you get through it? Mm -hmm. Tell me some stuff because I feel like you can't stick every landing, you know, Mm -hmm. but you don't, it doesn't have to be sloppy. I love that, Susan. No, that's, that's wonderful. I'm glad that's such, because I love, I love information from other people. I relish opinion and, and insight and, and things that people have done and thought about. Yeah, I do too. I like that a lot. Yes. Um, My second one is very close to yours, actually, and it is relationships over being right. Yeah. Yeah. And with my kids, it's relationship over consequences. Mm -hmm. Because I do feel like being right making sure people understand where you're coming from is so less important than understanding where other people are coming yeah. from. Yeah. That took a, a little learning curve for me. It was sort of slower. Well, I mean, probably in zoology, you learned somewhere that you were right. So <laughs> <laughs> you took it. I was right when I knew that I was, shouldn't have been there. <laughs> I was right about that. <laughs> and then the third one is one I actually learned from you. It goes along with yours. Actually, mine kind of marry yours really well, which is... Something that you're so good at is always finding the good in people. It goes with your first one. And telling people as soon as I see something good in them, what I think is good about them. And vocalizing that as soon as I can in our friendship. And just being kind of a mirror for them to see the good things in themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I you know where I think that comes from, Susan, too, is just a deep love for people that you have. I do love and, uh, people. We have, we do. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's a, that's one of the gifts that we're given. I truly do. And another thing that I think gifts, another gift that people have is joy. Yeah. I think joy is a gift. Mm. And along with joy comes faith, great basis of faith. And, and just joyful people are happy. Mm-hmm. Did you ever meet a, a grateful grouch? because they didn't have gratitude (laughs) (laughs) a grateful grouch that's true yes people who have gratitude are happy i (laughs) love joy (laughs) um okay nan yes i ask everyone this but i'm super interested because i feel like you're you're there i have to get serious no you never have to get serious (laughs) with me (laughs) but you know so if you don't mind me sharing, Nan's okay. husband passed away. When did Richard pass away? Was in it? September last September, year. September, so it's been over a year. And I wonder if this has been top of mind or anything, but what legacy are you building? Well, I only have one legacy, and it's my family, Susan. Mm. Um, people always say, oh, Nan, your school's such a legacy, and it's not. You know, but if my children can... If, if I can leave a legacy of love and cooperation and happiness with my children and testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ, nothing could be greater to me, nothing. I have spent my life working on this, Susan, mm-hmm. having grandma's camp and getting the, planning every single family reunion that the Hunter family or the Green family ever had. This is important to me. This is not just a, this is not just a hobby. It's my calling. I'm called to, 
to gather. Mm. I, I, I gather people, too. I collect people. Yeah, you do. But, but my family's part of that collection. It's a big part. But yeah. That, I think, would be a legacy, to have your children be able to testify that they knew Jesus was the Christ. I think that would be the greatest legacy that a mother could ever wish for. Mm. And a father, too. If they were, and you know, if they were, if that was part of their core belief, that's what you'd like to, to leave as a legacy with your children. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, Nan, happy birthday. Susan, happy birthday. Let's go do our good deed, right? Yeah, we're going to have some yeah, fun this gonna birthday. We're going to have some fun this birthday. We've really already excited. got a plan. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Um, <laughs> thank you for coming on my podcast. I thank love you, you so Susan. much. I love you too. You are a dear friend. And honestly, I'm grateful for that day that we met. I know. It's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Nan. Thank you, Susan. The best, the best to you and all you do. Thank you. I love watching you soar. <laughs> <laughs>